What is good, everybody, man? Welcome back into the Blue Bloods. Coming in a little bit different format. Have an audio episode this week for the FCS playoffs, man. A loaded semifinal schedule, man. Our guy, Coach Fred, has some family stuff come up, man. I know me and uh, my guy, Timothy, here with me today. Sending all uh, thoughts and prayers to Coach Fred and his family, man. But listen, we got a loaded team here at the Blue Bloods FCS Football Central, man. I'm joined by my guy, Timothy Rosario. One of the, listen, there's no one in the game that knows stats better than this guy i think he did <laughs> the most in-depth statistical breakdown of the playoffs that has ever been created man i, I know you guys are looking forward <laughs> to getting that every year man but timothy how you doing man yeah i'm doing good it's uh we're on friday night it's coming up playoff games let's go you know uh I, I'm so glad to see, especially the past two rounds that we that we get like perfect slotting of the games where like none of them are competing. Because in the first round, it felt like half the playoff games were at the exact same time, and I had to have a wow. laptop go in, a TV go in. I was watching one on my That's phone, cool. and it was just impossible to keep up with. <laughs> yeah, you you don't really know what's going on. You basically have to rewatch every game to even know what happened. So yeah. you know, no, I'm glad we got some good ones. Let's start here, man. Of course, we got, I think we got the, I know we probably are more interested in a game that other people aren't, but let's just be honest, the game of the week's that Montana-North Dakota State game. But I want to start here with the yep. game that I know me and you are super dialed into because we have both been extremely high on Albany throughout the year, man. We talked week zero, man. Both picked them against yep. Fordham, and we were like, listen, this is a team that has all the makings to be a contender. I'll ask you this real quick before we get to the game. When when me and you were talking this team up all the way back in, in August, did you ever think we see them in the semifinals of the FCS playoffs after a three-win season last year? <laughs> uh, no. So, yeah, we can take credit for being high on them. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we can take that much credit. Uh, definitely didn't see I, – I think – the extent of uh, the offensive weapons that they have, um, guys like Brevin Easton, um, the rest of that receiving core, didn't didn't quite see that coming. And then, I mean, just honestly, we're talking about, I don't know, maybe the best defense in all of FCS. And, like, you can make that argument. Um, did not see that coming. Uh, obviously, they have some talented guys, but – just the way that groups come together and, um, and really, I mean, they, they, they rely on just their handful of guys. They're not, uh, they don't play a lot of guys and they've stayed healthy all year and, uh, that's all that counts. So yeah, man, good, good for the great Danes. Good for coach. Kutusa. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was so impressed. I know I, I picked him. I know we picked him as our coach of the year. I, I thought he, uh, it's such a debate on how, what people vote for. Is it the best coach on the best team? And I don't, I don't mind Jimmy winning it because I, I get that he took over a loaded team. But for a first year head coach to be sitting at thirteen and zero and be as dominant as they have been, he deserves a lot of credit. But I, I think the rebuild job that Gattuso's done at U Albany is being a little bit overlooked. But man, we know the storylines here. Twenty one point favorite <laughs> for South Dakota State, yeah. which is. That it's a common theme all year long. It doesn't matter who they play. They're probably going to be a 20 <laughs> to 30 point favorite, depending on the weekend. But you have a South Dakota State team that's looked dominant all year, man. They have the nation's longest winning streak, obviously. They got a home winning streak to bring it in as well. For you, 
what do the Great Danes need to do to come out of Brookings with? I I, I know this is going to sound crazy. I mean, this is going to be this would be one of the biggest upset wins we've seen in the playoffs in a long time with how yeah. dominant South Dakota State is. What does you Albany have to do, in your opinion, to make to come away with the upset win? So I think I think it's two things. Uh, one, on defense, you have to contain the run. Um, you you just can't let Isaiah Davis. Mason McCormick, that offensive line, just run you over. Um, if they're gashing you for seven, eight yards of carry, then you might as well not even show up. Um, so if they got to contain the run on defense, they got to they got to hang tough. You can't give up big touchdowns. Um, and if they can do that, I think I think that gives them a chance. And you saw the two games really that South Dakota State has had that have been close games this year, Villanova last week and then Southern Illinois earlier in the year, two teams that were able to contain the run. They didn't completely shut it down, obviously, um, but they at least contained it enough to keep them in the game. And then I think the biggest thing is is Reese Poffenbarger. Like, what are we going to get out of him? Um, I swear, like, there were some plays last week where against Idaho, I thought he was the best quarterback in the FCF. Um his, I think his arm talent is probably the best of the four quarterbacks uh, that we have. Um, I think, you know, what are we going to get here? Are we going to get a performance where he limits his mistakes, makes a couple really big plays down the field? Um, I think he could. Uh, and if he if he plays, you know, one of the best games of his life, but a game that he's capable of, you know, I think they could hang in it. Um, but that's what it's going to take. It's going to take them continuing to be tough on defense and he's going to have to play probably the best game of his career. Um, now having said that, like, I do think he's capable of it though. And there's not many people that you can say that about. So yeah, limit mistakes, make big plays. Yeah, I think. When I look at Poffenbarger, and I kind of talked about this on Monday's show with, with, with Coach Fred, Poffenbarger has the ability to win this game, but he also has the ability to be the reason that Albany loses this game because I I kind of look at <laughs> yeah, like I I look at him and kind of in the same vein that I did, especially in college, that you look at like a Baker Mayfield almost, where the guys like he believes he can make every throw on the field. He believes he's the best player on the field. And if you ask him at any given point in the game, regardless if he has 60 yards passing, 300 yards, three picks, it doesn't matter. Poffenbarger thinks he's yep. that guy. And I love the confidence. I think you saw it on the game-winning run against Idaho. No hesitation. He's going to yeah. just win the game. But yep. with that gunslinger mentality, you also have the, the tendency to also – be less efficient, which he's only completing like what 58, 50, 50 something percent yeah. of his passes. And he's also got 10 picks. And when you have a secondary yep. that's headline, you got Beatham, Deshaun Gales, oh. you have Tucker Large. If you're not accurate with the football this weekend, the secondary is talented enough to make you pay in a yep. big way. So I think Poffenbarger to me is by far the biggest X factor. And I thought he did a good job last week. Listen, there was a talented secondary he played last week. Tom, you had McCormick, Marcus Harris. They have a lot of guys in the back end of the Idaho defense that can make you pay. 
and he did a good job. And then I think too the the interesting matchup here because no one wants to talk about it because they escaped. And I get it because South Dakota State dominated the second half. There were so many mistakes in terms of creating explosive plays for Villanova last week. South Dakota yeah. State gave up some opportunities. And the yep. question mark becomes, if last week was Albany, does Brevin Easton make that catch in the end zone? Yeah. Do you trust Hicks to go make that play in the end zone? Is Poffenbarger going to make the same boneheaded interception on first and 10, throwing it into triple coverage? I don't know. And that's going to be the question. Is South Dakota yeah. that was last week a wake-up call for South Dakota State? Or is that a troubling trend that we're going to start noticing? And I, I think yeah. it's going to be interesting because we saw Holy Cross last year. I don't know if you... like <clears throat> Matthew Luca gave... South Dakota State, all kinds of problems. They came out in the second half, dominated. Very similar to that Villanova game. If you remember, the next week, there were a lot of people wondering if they struggle with Saluka. Now you got Tom, Tommy Malott coming in. You got Sean Chambers. Mm -hmm. And South Dakota State dominated that game. Are we going to get that sort of trend with South Dakota State? Or is this going to be a thing where they're going to have trouble stopping those explosive plays from Albany? And that's the question mark for me in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so much of it is the will Poffenberger, will he make the right decisions at the right time? Because, like, you gotta, you can take your shots down the field, but it's gotta be at the right time. You and uh, Coach Fred did a great job breaking down that, uh, that I think it was, was it third or fourth quarter throw by Watkins where he just on first and 10 just hucks it in the, you know, you, you, you just can't have that. Like, and that's the thing. That's where he's got to know when to take his when to take his shots. It just can't be whenever and anytime. Um, so, you know, can you be patient enough? Can you play with the maturity to, you know, wait until okay? Now it's the right time. Now we got him. Um, I do think the difference between this U Albany team and Montana State last year is. Uh, while Montana State has a great offense and that running game is fantastic, they're super – I mean, really, they're super one-dimensional when you break it down. Um, and I, I think Albany brings a lot more balance offensively. And just because they can stretch the field, I think it makes it not as easy to defend. Uh, but, uh, but you're right. Maybe maybe it's a wake-up call. And, you know, if – if they make too many mistakes early in this game, it could be over before they have a chance to really stay in. Yeah, and I think the other matchup, I mean, obviously for me, because I'm an offensive line guy, I love watching elite offensive line play, is just what is South Dakota State going to do with those two edge rushers? When you got Anton and AJ Simon on that, on that edge, it, it, it's a real challenge. And I definitely think it's not even a conversation that this is the best edge rushing duo that South Dakota's faced all year long. And their offensive line is experienced. They've been elite at not allowing pressure. I want to say they're only they're only allowing like 0.7 sacks per game, which is like sixth in the country. They've done an elite job with that. The I think the good thing though is Idaho really kind of offered a nice blueprint on how to take the edge rushers out of the game by getting the ball out fast. And since South Dakota State doesn't like to push the ball down the field a lot. I think they're. I think it's going to open up opportunities for Mark Gronowski to get the ball out of his hands. And like you said earlier, if Isaiah Davis is rolling, those edge rushers aren't going to pin their ears back, even when you do take deep shots, because they're going to be really concerned about Isaiah Davis coming up the middle. I'm just very interested to see 
the because I think Uovni fits fits what South Dakota State does well amazingly, man. Because they're good at stopping the run, yeah. they're good at getting after the quarterback, and they have elite playmakers at wide receiver. I'm super interested just to see how this plays out because I do think the 21 point spread. Now I'll say this. I won't necessarily be shocked if South Dakota State covers because it would just be another yeah. feather in the cap of how dominant this team is. But I do think UAlbany has a real shot to make this a very competitive game for four quarters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're talking about a defense that gives up less than three yards of carry. Uh, number one rushing defense uh, in the FCS. Um, I, I Yeah, I, I don't really... It really feels like a game where they should keep it close in the first half for sure. Um, I think what we see happen is, okay, when that second half starts, is this going to be another Holy Cross? Is this going to be another Villanova? Uh, are they going to have, you know, they, they don't, while that defense is really good, they don't play a lot of guys. Like, they are they going to wear out? Um, I mean, you hear it, I think, every game. Every announcer talks about how Isaiah Davis gets stronger as the game goes on, but it's true. Um, and I, I would say one other concern I have, and uh, this could be where you get the, the, the big point spread too, is dude. So Albany plays a late, late game Saturday night. They flew all the way across the country. And now on a short week, they're flying out to the middle of the country again. Um, and again, we're talking about like that, that D line is great. Uh, they don't, really play much beyond those four or five guys uh you know can they really hang in um yeah i mean i agree i think the matchup is good uh if they do pull it off i mean my goodness one of one of the biggest upsets it'll be one of the gutsiest performances you'll ever see um and so of course i'm hoping for it so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's it's going to be such an interesting game, and like South Dakota State's done such a good job of limiting limiting explosive plays this year, and, and then to I I'm very concerned about the number two corner for you Albany because Amir Hall can take mm -hmm. away a side of a field. We saw that last week, but when he wasn't on Hayden Hatton or on Jermaine Jackson, those guys were making plays against the other defensive backs, which means you could yeah. take away Jaden or Jackson Yankee, but the other one's going to get off. You still got Griffin Wild, who I think is an excellent freshman wide receiver. He's kind of seen his role diminish throughout the year, but it's still someone you got to account for. <laughs> Zach yeah. Hines is a legit tight end that can go make plays down the field, and he's a matchup yeah. nightmare because of his size. Are is you Albany going to have enough defensively in the secondary to slow down the slew of weapons that South Dakota State has? And that's my other concern is because I do think South Dakota State just has so many weapons offensively. When you look at Isaiah Davis, Amar Johnson, the Yankee twins, Zach Hines, I mean, it, the list goes on and on. How does you Albany handle that? Because like you said, they're really not super deep defensively. They got probably a small rotation, but at the end of the day, I don't think they're as deep as South Dakota as South Dakota State is at a, at a multitude of positions. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And uh, you know, another another thing to watch for is like how many guys are they going to have to devote to the box to stop the run? Like, are they going to have to bring everybody up? Are we seeing a lot of man coverage on the outside? Or are they going to be able to sit back in the zone a little bit more? Um, 
Yeah, because, I mean, if you're going to resort to putting that many guys in the box, then that's when you're really liable to get caught in play action. Uh, yeah. You're going to start to see the Yankee twins and Hines 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. Um, and then it's just really tough. Uh, I mean, they're really good. I, <laughs> they're so talented. It's insane. Like, Yeah. yeah it's crazy. They are. I'll be honest, man. I, I've been riding the UAlbany bandwagon, and I think it would be – I know people aren't going to agree because you want the big brands in Frisco, but it would be such an amazing Cinderella story for the FCS when you kind of have had this narrative for years about it's the same handful of teams. All It's always the Montanas. It's always the Montana yep. States, <laughs> the Dakotas. Like It's always those, you know, those big brands. If you Albany goes from three wins, finds a way to win this game on the road and get to and get to Frisco, man, the storylines are going to be amazing. And I, 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 oh, I, yeah. I, it'd be such an interesting matchup for North Dakota State and Montana if you Albany found a way to get it done. But I'll be honest with you, man, I, I think it's going to be competitive late. But I just think Isaiah Davis is going to get leaned on. He's been elite in the postseason. I do think that the depth is a concern for me late in the game. So I think it's going to be competitive into the fourth and they're just going to wear down, man. Like I think trip's going to yeah. catch up to him. I think Isaiah Davis and that offensive line is going to wear on him. And I do trust Gronowski as much as he's not a gunslinger. He's always making the right play. And in crucial moments, he always finds a way to get his team the W. I think he's going to make a key throw or two to win this game. I got South Dakota state, Timothy 31 to 20 over you Albany this weekend, man. What you got? Mm, that's a good one. Uh, I'll go. I'll go twenty-seven twenty South Dakota State. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Twenty-seven twenty. We'll stick with a close game. I believe. <laughs> uh, no, but but similar similar reasoning. Um, yeah, I just think they'll wear down. Um, and, and I think, I guess why why I'll go that is sim- similar reason. Uh, I think it'll go similarly with like when South Dakota State played uh, Southern Illinois um, or even Villanova, right? Like I think toward the end of the game, they'll just be able to hold on to the ball and drive it and drive it and drive it and, and just kind of finish the game. Um, but, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, heading into the fourth quarter, we got a one score or even a tie game. Um, I, I think U Albany's that talented uh, at a lot of their positions, but. Like you said, end of the day, that's too much. Too much jacks. Yeah, too, too, too much for us. Uh, South to too much South Dakota State this weekend. But man, the game on Saturday that's going to be, man. I mean, I've seen predictions all over the place for this game. Like, I mean, there's there's no consensus winner in this one. We got North Dakota State traveling to Missoula to take on number two Montana. 3.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff on Saturday, man. North Dakota State is actually a one-point favorite, man, which is you don't see it You don't see it much that an unseeded team is favored on the road against yeah. the top two seed. But, man, we, we, we've already seen the Matt Entz news. We kind of talked about that on Monday. Going to be the USC, going to be an assistant coach for USC, which – Listen, Craig Bowl and Chris Kleiman both won national championships on their way out in very in very similar exits. So I'm, I don't think that's going to f- impact the Bison's performance. Are you a believer that North Dakota State is the favorite coming into this, into this one and can find a way to win on the road in Missoula? Uh, I don't. I don't think they should be the favorite. Not not in Missoula. 
Um, I, I wonder if there's a little overreaction to last week, um, you know, because you, you see Montana obviously go to overtime against Furman, uh, and then you see how impressive North Dakota State was uh, over South Dakota. Um, but, I mean, like, that's one week, right? Like, we had literally the week before North Dakota State needing a blocked PAT to win against a team that Montana blew out. So, like, you know, it's week to week. M- matchups matter a lot more than any of this. And, uh, I mean, it's tough to go into Missouri and get a win, especially against a team that's this good. And I really think it's it's really, really close. Like, when you look down at every matchup, uh, when you look at the offense and defensive line, when you look at the skill players, I, it just is it's really even. So, I like, yeah, I think it should be a small point spread. I would lean the home team, um, especially if you're giving me Junior Bergen and the possibility of who knows how many special teams plays. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He, he's he's so elite, man. I think uh, you just look at what he did last week, man. I mean, it, it and it still blew my mind that they kicked to him again. Like, what are we doing? Like, he he showed you on the opening kickoff what happens with him, especially in, yeah. in the open field. Why are you kicking to him? But, you know, I, I know it feels like almost like a cop-out because I know everyone hates the X Factor just being the starting quarterback. And I know we just talked about it with Poffenbarger, but it's such a unique situation with these matchups because you have two quarterbacks that are so impactful on their teams because yeah. we get we've we've seen the Cam Millers of the world go out there and throw for 60 yards against Montana state and they have to overcome it with a dominant run game. But we've also seen Cam Miller be spectacular. I look back that central Arkansas game is one of the most impressive games I've, I've seen from a quarterback this year. And my concern is I'll, I'll be honest with you. My biggest concern in this game is that Montana state defense gave them so many problems. And I really do think this Montana defense is bigger they're faster and they're way more aggressive. Yeah. And they and they really and truly have way more playmakers on the back end compared to what Montana State had. It really is going to be a tough challenge to get Cam Miller going because if he's off, that crowd is going to be a problem early. If if they go three and out three straight times to open up the game, Man, you better hope Montana is also not clicking because if you get down 7, 10, 14, nothing, it's it, it's a tall mountain to climb to come back in that environment. Yeah, ask Montana State what happens when, when, when that gets rolling because that's exactly what will happen. Um, yeah, no, it's that's a super interesting matchup uh, looking at when North Dakota State's on offense and Montana's on defense. Uh, it's you know, can, will they be able to get the run established? I think that's kind of the key here. Like, uh, are you going to be stuck in a bunch of third and longs where they can just bring five, six rushers, pin their ears back, uh, and make life really difficult for Cam Miller? Um, so I, I think that'll be huge. Like, you're going to know a lot about how this game will go depending on, like, are they able to run the ball well on first and second down? Um and what's super interesting about this game is that, like, you think North Dakota State, Montana, you look at even their play styles and you think, well, it's run game. It's run game. Um, 
but I think the best players on the field are probably going to be in both teams receiving. Like for Montana, you got Junior Bergen, Keelan White, Aaron Fonts, and they've been falling this last half of the year. Um, and they might not be as good as the guys on the other side of the field. Because, um, I mean, I know you and I both love Eli Green. He's been just falling out. He's a special player in space. Uh, but then Zach Mathis as well. Uh, like, how uh, how effective are is each quarterback going to be getting those guys the ball? Um, because whoever's able to utilize them the most, I think is probably going to have the edge. Yeah, because you got a guy like Trevor Gradney on one side, five picks this year. And then you got Col- uh, Cole Wisniewski, who, what, eight picks this That's year it? already? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. you got two guys that are excel. And then I do think – I like Jaden Price, too, for North Dakota State. And I think Corbin Walker as well is a guy who's been consistently underrated just because Gradney's having a, a kind of a big year, statistically at least. You know – and then you got the running backs. I think they're super talented. You got Tameric Williams, who is putting up is a consistent threat for North Dakota State. You got Cole Payton as a backup quarterback who really kind of serves as a running back for them, to be honest. Yeah. And then Eli Gilman, Jerry Rice Award winner for Montana, has been quiet in the postseason, but is kind of due yeah. for his moment. It'll be interesting if they get him going. But I look at that defensive line for North Dakota State, man. They have to get their hands on Clifton McDowell. You have to get pressure on him because if you he's so yeah. composed in the pocket and then he's so athletic when things break down that if you don't if you get your hands on him and can't bring him down, he's going to make a play and he's going to hurt you whether it be with his legs or his arm. Jake Kava and Dylan Hendricks have to play massive games and they've been good. Like I want to I want to yeah. say this like North Dakota State's pass rush has slowly come along. They got an experienced offensive line they're going up against in Montana. You have to get your hands on Clifton McDowell man because I think that's kind of been the recipe for Montana is nobody's consistently stopped Clifton McDowell. He just gets comfortable yeah. in every game. You look at that Montana State game. There was a time, you know, people always talk about flow states and players playing blacked out. He was blacked out during that game. And oh, you like that yeah. post route, I want to say it was to Bergen. Oh. I mean, NFL level throwing. And then even, oh, even yeah. at, um, in overtime, that throw to win the game, threading the needle like that between two defenders, elite throw as well. And to think that this is a yeah. guy who just kind of flew under the radar, transferring, wasn't even the starter coming into the season. Now he's sitting here at 9-0 and as a starter, potentially could lead Montana to a national championship. I think his story is so impressive to watch because uh, he was so underrated. And I, I, I give a lot of credit to the wide receiving core, but, man, that kid has the it factor, in my opinion, when you watch him on film. Yeah, he, he's playing with such confidence right now uh, to what you were saying. He. It just looks like, you know, there are certain players that it just looks different when you know they're confident and the coaching staffs just put the full control of the offense uh, in their hands because all of a sudden, like, the ball's coming out cleaner. Like, it, it, it's hitting the spot with zip that it wasn't before. Um, because, I mean, even earlier in the year when him and Vidlak were, were uh, trading, they would trade series and stuff. Um, he didn't look like a good passer then. Like, I mean, like wobbly balls and like nothing was accurate. And 
Um, but then all of a sudden, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that throw you were talking about on that post route was incredible. He was running to his right, throws it over the middle to his left. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he's got it. While North Dakota State, they create a lot of turn- turnovers, right? You said Cole with Newski, eight interceptions. Uh, as a team, they have 21 picks this year. Um, but they have also given up plays deep, too. So while they they get picks and and they do – they haven't got a lot of sacks, but they do get a lot of pressure with, with Hendricks and Tava and those guys. Um, if you can avoid the turnovers and make plays down the field, you can you can get after this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, Montana does a lot of they do a lot of creative scheming that you know they're going to have the the four or five trick plays that they throw in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can pull some of those off. Um, that's why I think every every turnover in this game is going to be huge. Um, I think it's probably one of those games where look at the end of the game, who won the turnover battle. That's probably the team. Yeah, I, I agree. I just want to know, you know, this might be a dumb question because I think they're going to be as aggressive as they want. I just want to know the approach for Montana, like, because yeah. we know they play with their ears pinned back anyway. If I'm, if I'm Montana, I'll be honest with you, because of how inconsistent Cam Miller's been against defenses like this, I'm trying to shake them up early. I'm talking. Yeah. I'm bringing everything. Yeah. I want even if we don't get sacks. I want to hit him. I want to get him off his spot, and I want I want him to be uncomfortable all game long. Yeah, that's what you have to do. He's too experienced for you to let him get caught up in the flow of the game. And I, you know, look at watching some film on Montana's defense. I I know. Listen, man, me and you have talked offline about how underappreciated Governor is on the defense in terms of that defensive tackle spot. I don't think people understand how much space he takes up, how much double teams he requires in the middle. And that's why Montana's linebackers look so good because nobody can get to the second level on them. But the question becomes if they do what happens, because we saw Furman a few times when they did get up to the second level, they were able to create some explosive plays on the ground. Governor's the X factor. If he can eat up the middle and allow those linebackers to play untouched, man, it could be a long day for North Dakota State because those linebackers are extremely aggressive. And if I think if Montana sees that those linebackers aren't getting touched, it's just gonna it's they're just gonna turn the intensity meter on ten and how aggressive they're gonna call this game. Yep, yep. Uh, it yeah. Will will the offensive line be able to block them? Um, I mean, the team, you got Gubner in the middle, and then you just have speed everywhere. Um, and Hayden Harris, who plays DN, the, the transfer from UCLA, right? Yes. Uh, he's been coming on the last couple games, and, uh, man, they're just they're so fast. Uh, and if you're not, like you said, if you're not getting those blocks, it's just going to be a long night. Um, and that's how you end up with a Kim Miller game where he throws for 60 yards or like last year goes one for 12. Um, and that, that, that's not going to do it. You're going to get blown out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this defense is not incarnate word. I don't think they're letting a run it. What, no. what did Kobe Johnson go for last year? Like 203 oh, touchdowns or goodness. something. 
I mean, that Incarnate Word didn't know what to do. Incarnate Word was seeing power in their nightmares for like yes. three months after that. <laughs> that, that uh, hashtag, if Lindsey Scott had a defense, they'd be the national champion because Incarnate Word would have won the national championship with a decent defense last year. Um, man, I'll be honest, very torn on this game because <clears throat> when me and you did the playoff special when the bracket was announced, we, we were talking about if, if North Dakota State found a way to get past round two, they were going to be terrifying to play. The momentum was going to be unbelievable, and you're seeing that now. They got past Montana State. Call it luck. Call it whatever you want. It was a clutch play blocking that extra point. And you saw what happened last week now that they, they kind of overcame that quote-unquote yeah. trap game in round two. Uh, but when I look at this matchup, man, college football is all about matchups across the board. And when I look at this three-three-five aggressive defense, I think Cam Miller is going to struggle. And it's time for a new star on, in the FCS to emerge. I think McDowell shines on the biggest stage, man. Yeah. I really do. I think this is McDowell's coming out party. I think that elite a wide receiving corp will make too many plays. I think it will be competitive, but I expect Montana to find a way to get it done at home with that crowd. That's gonna It's going to be electric. It's probably going to be the sold-out game. I like Montana and a 34-31 over North Dakota State this weekend. Ooh. High scoring. Okay. Uh yeah, I so I I'm definitely thinking three-point game. It just feels too close. Like you you break down every matchup and it it just seems really close. Uh the only kind of pause I have is as I do wonder if like we talked about the 3-3-5 defense Montana did not do well against North Dakota State last year. And then they kind of tore up Southern Illinois, too, which is a really strong defense, also plays that 3-3-5. Kind of the only pause I have, although I do think Montana's a lot better than they were uh, a year ago. So that's kind of the only thought that I have. Um, But having said that, it's the home team. I think they make too many plays. Down the stretch, uh, I think that defense comes up with a key turnover. You said 34-31. Um, I'll go 30-27. to 27. I like Fairly it. I like it. I mean, so we both have Montana. Montana. Yeah, yeah, facing off South Dakota State in the national championship. I think that matchup. That'll be fun. Gosh, man, just think about the breakdowns of all that. Because, I mean, it's going to be so be interesting. Because and. and you know, I, I'm already thinking about just positional matchups, man. That secondary, Deshaun Gales, Beanham, Tucker Large against that wide receiving core. God, man. Oh, yeah. That'll be, it, yeah. It, it's going to be crazy, man. But you guys already know um, the entire crew from FCS Football Central will be in attendance. My guy, Timothy, coming down uh, to Frisco this year. My guy, Coach Fred, coming down to Frisco this year, too. Um, I'm getting Coach Fred a camera, man. We're going to teach him how to use a camera. He's going to be helping me with pictures. My God, my God, Timothy, he's going to have access to the social media accounts up in the up in the press box, getting out all the live coverage. Um, so, man, we're going to have a full team there. Um, interviews throughout the week. We're going to get all the press conferences, man. We're going to have the whole nine this year, the full rollout in the Blue Bloods. But, man, Timothy, exciting, exciting weekend, man. Any final takeaways before we get out of here? No, I'm just excited for – I mean, these are going to be two really good games, I think. Um, you're going to see a ton of talent on the field. Make sure 
your whatever you need to do, get there, see the game on Friday night, and then see the game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, don't don't watch any of those garbage bowl games. Get in front of your get in front of your screen. Let's watch these FBS, FCS games. That's a that's a fact. No one cares about the Boca. <laughs> is it the Boca Raton Bowl this weekend that like get kicks it, it off? I don't even care. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like the Bahamas Nobody. and Boca Raton. I players don't all, care either. They're all in the no. Court. All the players want is like the gift packages that come with those bowl games, yeah, like all the merch real. and like the so on one where bowl, you go. <laughs> yeah, like one bowl game gets like a Rolex or something crazy. Like, like sign me up for that. But listen, man, I'm listen. Yeah. I'm, I'll get the Rolex and I'm opting out if I'm an NFL draft yeah. prospect. Yeah, I'll yeah, be good. Exactly. I, I'm sitting at the house. Yeah. Um, I'll my, get the my Rolex ankle, though. My it, it's, a little tight, coach. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But guys, man, make sure to tune in. Um, you can check out the recap Monday, um, live on YouTube and all podcast streaming platforms. Um, it it depending on what's going on with Coach Fredman, it might just be me and Timothy going live, man. So make sure to tune in. Um, you can find us si.com backslash college backslash <clears throat> excuse me backslash fcs make sure to uh subscribe to the podcast everywhere man check us out on social media at the underscore blue bloods and, and check out the website this weekend timothy's got an excellent behind the numbers article coming out uh we've already dropped our uh full previews for both semifinal games and the celebration ball previews coming on friday as well and stay tuned saturday for recaps and then we shift into full coverage of the FCS National Championship. And we also got Celebration Bowl covers this weekend as well. But guys, for Timothy, for myself, for the Blue Bloods and FCS Football Central, we are out.